Welcome back to another episode of the Rumcast. We are the podcast that focuses on all things rum related with the people who love and shape it. I am John Gulla and co-hosting with me as always is Will Hookinga. Will, are you as excited as I am for today's discussion topic? I'm so excited because we don't actually have that much to discuss before we get to the episode. Because, you know, usually we start these episodes, we have some kind of fun little anecdote, some little rum-related experience or insight maybe to share. I think today we're going to keep it really brief and to the point. The headline here is that we co-released a rum. Yes! Which is really exciting. I am amazed and excited that this is happening. Yes. Yeah. So basically, as many listeners will know, a sponsor of the show for a while now has been Holmes Key. The founder of Holmes Key, Eric Kay, was actually the first guest we ever had on the podcast. So we've kind of got to, you know, come up together at the same time. Yeah. It's It's been really fun. And uh, we ended up contributing to the process of the latest release from Holmes Key, which is their first single origin edition rum. It is from South Pacific Distilleries in Fiji, a blend of rums from South Pacific Distilleries in Fiji. And, you know, there's a whole backstory of how this happened. It was really just a series of unpredictable, unforeseen, unplanned events that led (laughs) this collaboration together. And I won't get you know, too deep into the story now because we get into it in the interview with Eric on on today's show. But it basically all started with the episode we recorded with Karsten Vlierboom and Niels Benshop of ENA Shear, the mm-hmm. Dutch blending house. They source rums from all over the wor- world in bulk and create blends for third-party brands. And that was the starting point. We made up a little fake idea for a rum cast blend on that episode just to kind of get a sense for like what's the process of creating a rum blend like you know if you're coming to you guys yeah going through the motions right yeah and so they ended up sending us a sample of some ideas for that blend and you know one thing led to another eric got involved and again i won't get into the whole story now you can hear the rest in the uh, interview but um, yeah, this rum is now officially available in uh, several markets across the United States on several online retailers and things like that. We're really excited. We've we've seen you know we've been able to share it with a few people we know personally so far, mm-hmm. but are very excited to see uh, people's thoughts, reactions, impressions, what you use it for, and things like that. So um, I I would say after you listen to this episode, if you're interested in finding it, go to the Homeskey website, uh, H-O-L-M-E-S-C-A-Y.com. There's a little link in the navigation bar at the top that says find hc which shows you you know the different markets and, and uh, online retailers it's available in so if you want to hunt down a bottle of this release and again i, I we're going to get into all the specs and everything about it and stuff in the show itself so don't want to get too in the weeds right now but um yeah i'm just really excited to to see what people think of this same here will and you know how they say like uh, sometimes you have to like act cool like act like you've been here before yeah you know you say yeah. you know that saying we haven't been here before like <laughs> and, and i don't know how to act like we've been i don't know how to act right man i just i'm so uh excited it, it like in my hierarchy in my head it goes like you know my marriage and the birth of my kids like miami hurricanes win the championship in 2001 and now this oh, that was a long release. time ago <laughs> 
<laughs> it is 2001 man i don't know that was 20 was a, years ago that, it, gosh yes it's been a long 20 years to be a hurricanes fan but you know like the excitement level here is off the charts for me just because like you mentioned this was something that we felt was a really cool thing that happened organically mm-hmm. and just came together in such a way that it all kind of aligned the stars aligned if yeah. you will and now everybody in the rum community has the chance to share with us this experience and we didn't anticipate that it would ever happen totally so, yeah, you know, it's, it's just a fun thing and and fun kind of way to share beyond what we share on the Rumcast with our discussion. Now we get to share in this kind of shared experience through tasting this this excellent Fiji blend. Totally, and I, I think another cool thing about it was just getting to sit on the other side of the table for the first time. You know, mm-hmm. we are first and foremost rum consumers and have the experience of like finding. Uh, new releases or new brands, new bottles, whatever, and trying them for the first time. But we'd never had the experience of like seeing all the little decisions and little things that have to be done to to, yeah. to get something from an idea to an actual product. Um, and and that's not to say that we were there making all of those decisions. This is this is <laughs> this is a Holmes Key release. It's a Holmes really Key is. brand. Yeah. Um, Eric uh, and and his team are driving all of that stuff, and and they're doing some fantastic work. It was really fun to to collaborate with them on this. But yeah, I'm just really excited to see what people think. Um, and one one tip that Eric shares in this uh, interview that I will echo is if you are you know looking for this rum, one of the best ways to get it is to ask your favorite store that you go to to yes. carry it for you, to order it for you. Um, that's one of the best ways to you know really get any rum that you're interested in is to keep you know asking uh, requesting, pestering if you have to, and getting, you know, enlisting your friend, your, your, your rum loving friends to do it too. You know, not even just for this release, but I'm saying with any release, it's a great way to get rums that you don't currently have in your market to actually yep. show up there. So that would be my piece of advice. But yeah, I think with all that said, I'm excited for people to hear this. So why don't we just get into it? We are here once again with Eric Kay, the founder of Holmes Key Rum in, I think what I'm deciding now is to call this the full circle episode, Eric, because I don't know if you remember, you were actually the first guest we ever interviewed yes. for the rum cast. So we're bringing it full circle. You're now, I think the first person to appear twice first on the podcast. returning guest. Yeah. Yeah. Like the so, Buck Henry of Rumcast. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who Buck Henry is, but I'll, the I'll guy go that with would the host Saturday Night Live like every year. Come on, Will. You don't know who Buck Henry is. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're gonna get a bunch of emails from Buck Henry, Buck Henry fans. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's funny though because I remember when John and I were first getting started with the podcast and we were trying to figure out like we wanted to release kind of a batch of episodes, so multiple interviews, and we were like, okay, who who are some of the first people we could interview? And there were kind of two categories of people we gravitated towards. There was people we already knew, which wasn't that many people in the rum industry <laughs> quite yet at that time, and then people who were new enough as well to the rum business to actually say yes to anything. And so your company had just started, and like 
I, I, I'm not saying that as a bad thing as being willing to say <laughs> yes to anything because there are a lot of like there's always a lot of new people entering the realm space. So we wanted it to still be someone really interesting who was new. And, you know, you were sort of launching Holmes Key at the time. And we talk about it in the episode, but that was like there, there still aren't that many rum brands based in the US that are kind of doing what you're doing, which yeah. are doing these, you know, higher end, you know, single origin, single cast, cast strength releases from from distilleries all over the world. It's something that's like pretty common in Europe, but was less common in the US. And thankfully, we're starting to see a little bit more of it now. Um, so, you know, that was back then. It's already it's been over a year since then. I know you've got a bunch more releases under your belt, but I'd love if you could just kind of give people the, you know, the, the three or four minute update of just like everything that's happened with Holmes Key since we talked, uh, which I think that was in January of 2020 when that episode came out. So bring us up to speed on, on where you're at right now. OK, the last year and a half um a global pandemic hit and pretty much shut down the world. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Other than yeah. that, uh, you know, it happened to be a great time to launch a high-end alcohol <laughs> brand since everybody was doing nothing but staying at home and drinking. Um, and we really had no restaurant and bar on-premise sort of customers, and that wasn't our plan. So it really mm -hmm. didn't affect us. Um, wow. In fact, it helped us. But since then, I think we had only had the Barbados rum out at that right, time. Yeah. Since then, we've uh, released six different retail rums, along with numerous barrel picks uh, from five or six countries now, I think. Five countries. Belize, Guyana, from Jamaica. Fiji, Barbados. Fiji. Uh, with uh, three more countries on the way this year. Ooh, um, ooh. Ama amazing stuff. Uh, the next one coming up after... This Fiji, which is coming out very soon, will be the first South African MOBA rum uh, released in the United States. Oh, wow. I can't That's wait awesome. That. I'm, I'm a big MOBA fan. I've, I've tried a, a few of their offerings here at, at recent, uh, well, not recent. This was prior to pandemic uh, rum congress and, and other places, uh, international rum conference in Miami. And I really loved them. And, and you can't get them here, obviously. So when I heard you were coming out with that recently, I was like, yes, Eric. Go for, it, for the win. So, so can't wait for it. Probably August, September. I, I would call it an advanced rum. You know, it's not a gateway rum by any stretch. It's mm -hmm. not a beginner's rum. It's not a bourbon crossover rum. It's mm -hmm. really its own, a really unique rum. Um, single estate, fresh cane juice into a small pot still. It's it's awesome. Somebody described it as a cross between funky Jamaica with a Martinique agricole. Hmm. really high esters and all sorts of flavor and grassy notes. It's, it's really awesome. There's, there's such an interesting distillery and actually one of the, the, the only perhaps long lost episode of the rum cast, the only <laughs> time we've done an episode and recorded it and weren't able to release it for, because of some technical issues. Yeah. Uh, we interviewed uh, Knud Strand, oh. uh, who, who, you know, is, is, is part of the Mahoba team. Great guy. And, yeah, it was it was I mean, he's just a huge rum fan yeah. and so passionate about it. And so it was really cool. And we've been wanting to get it back on the calendar for a long time. So uh, maybe in the summer sometime we'll be able to give that another shot, John, so we can spread some of the, the news about uh, everything that's going on with Mahoba down there in South Africa. Yeah, we got I, I know the, the pandemic was particularly tough on alcohol there. I, I think alcohol sales were completely stopped in South Africa for mm -hmm. a while. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Canute just uh, came through Miami, by the way. I didn't get a chance to see him in person, but I know he was just uh, just through here not long ago and we were talking. So we'll, we'll, we'll make sure to ma- arrange that. But awesome. for, for today, so yes. uh, Eric, you, you, you alluded to it, but there's a special reason that we're here gathered today. Uh, not that <laughs> Holmes Key isn't uh, an amazing thing to talk about at any point. <laughs> and uh, we're, of course, fans. As you know, uh, we, we uh, somehow, Will and I both picked our rum of the year for 2020 without talking to each other. And we've talked about it on the show ad nauseum at this point. But it was the Belize release from Holmes Key was our 2020 favorite rum of the year for 2020 uh, independently, which was... It was, uh, it was also possibly the most awkward timing for us in terms <laughs> of transparency because it was right when uh homes key became a sponsor yeah. for the rum cast <laughs> so like i had to be on the episode like i like i know how this is going to sound but i'm trying to be transparent that like you know this, eric did not pay us to do this john and i didn't know each other were picking this we nope. know like how this looks but we're just gonna we're gonna put it out there anyway rolled with and it. uh you know be radically transparent about it so yeah we're it, it's great to be able to collaborate with a brand that you're genuinely a fan of. Yeah. So that's been really fun for us. And, and that's, um, that's yeah. maybe germane to the conversation now and where we're germane. going with this. Yes, that was a good word, right? So, yeah, that's a 50 word. cent word. Yeah. Uh, and, and because we have this existing relationship, Eric, and that uh, funnels into talking about what we were going to talk about for this uh, is the new Holmes Key Single Origin Blend Fiji release that is going to be coming out very soon and wanted to give our listeners and uh, everybody a proper introduction to what this is going to be. I know, Eric, you've been around to some places recently where you've talked about it and there's been some excitement. So wanted to ask you first and foremost, can you talk uh, about this? Now, now that we can unveil this completely on on the program here, and I said program, I heard it. What can you tell us about this uh, Fiji single origin blend release, and you know the the specs and all of that, and and then we can get into how it came to be. Wow. Okay. So I guess how it came to be is such a large part of the rum itself. Well, we can start there. Let's if you'd start like to there. Start. Let's start there. Let's start with the origin story. I, I can start like with how I remember this coming together, which was we John and I did an interview with. Karsten and Niels from ENA Shear in Amsterdam. They are the huge rum blending house. They source rums from all over the world. If you're not familiar with ENA Shear and you're listening, I encourage you to go back and, and listen to that episode. But kind of like on the fly, the day before we were going to do that interview, yeah. uh, John and I were talking and I was like, you know, we want to take people inside what the process is, like how they work with customers to come up with a rum blend. And they actually have this tool on their website called the rum blending tool. And like you, it takes you through a survey kind of asking you what type of rum you want to release. And, and you know, they take that and they come to you with some ideas. And I was like, hey, John, what if we came up with, you know, a pretend idea for a rum that we wanted to release as like a rum cast blend. Um, In our heads, this was a fictional thing, but we wanted to do it in a way as if we were like actually going to do something. And so I ran the idea by Karsten and Niels. They really liked it. We went through it on the show, just expecting it to be this like fun fictional exercise. the, uh, The interview. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they surprised us at the end of the interview by saying like, yeah, we'll we'll go through this with you, but you have to let us know what you think of the blends we send you. And so we were like, uh, you know, over the moon excited that we were going to get these blends sent to us all the way from Amsterdam. And as I recall it, 
you listened to the episode, Eric, and you sent us a message basically like, hey, let me know if any of those blends are good. Maybe we could release one. Is that is that how you remember it? That, that's pretty much verbatim. I, I listened to the episode and I love Karsten and Niels. And uh, it was such a fun episode how how skier works. And, you know, I'm not sure if it's sheer or skier or neither are I, we I, it's okay I, yeah <laughs> it, it is particularly embarrassing for me given my dutch ancestry but <laughs> i i talked to karsten and niels about it and my conclusion was sheer is not entirely correct right. but the pronunciation is something Spear, that i cannot yeah. pull off so i just go with sheer kind of like holmes key and holmes k um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and i'm what wow you know they're actually being sent these and i emailed you and then i emailed karsten and said hey you know send me send me the samples too you never know yeah and what i wanted to ask you was like were, were you already were the gears already turning in your mind before you were listening to the episode of like you know maybe holmes key could release a different type of of rum because everything you had released to that point right. was you know single single cask, single cask, yeah. cask strength this was going to be a blend. The proof and the price point we were aiming for when we did the blending exercise was different from what you had been mm -hmm. releasing. So had you already been thinking towards releasing a different type of rum at that point? No. Or like, did this kind of like spark the idea of maybe I could release a different type of rum? Like, was it which, which came first? It absolutely did. You know, I thought about trying to figure out how to come up with something at a lower price point. Um, but to that point, and it was still very early, I didn't think I would be able to sell the volume necessary because okay. when you buy from Shear, mm -hmm. you have to buy much more than a single barrel or two. Right. Your minimum is a thousand liters of rum at a mm -hmm. higher proof. And that's, you know, thousands of bottles of rum. And at that point we were still only in New York and we were very small and we were just so happy to sell 500 bottles over the first few months. And the concept of buying a thousand liters and thousands yeah. of bottles of rum was just not, we weren't there yet. Um, so thinking about if we could do it with the Rumcast, sort of talk about it together, we might be able to move a couple of thousand bottles of it. Right. Uh, so yes, that was definitely the impetus for what is now a brand new line. And this is the, the first in our single origin edition series, uh, a separate from the single cask series. This is a single origin Right. And, and along with that, the, your, your price point, as we mentioned, is different because, you know, I think people right now that listen to the show, they know Holmes Key is the single cask releases uh, that are uh, when you have a single cask of the quality that you go for, it usually has a, a higher price point. Right. But this one, the idea here was we were looking for that uh, price point that uh, for a blend that is a little different than what you've released in the past. Right. And, and so this one is going to be in a kind of a different category. In fact, I think it has a different bottle design, too. Is that correct? Yeah, we really wanted to let people know this is not the same style of rum. It's mm -hmm. not a single cask. It's not cask strength. Uh, you know, it's a different line. So right. we used a taller, a taller bottle in the same general design of our bottle. So it's a taller, it's thinner family. version. It's in, it's the, in family. the same family. And and we also brought the proof down to something that's more accessible. Uh, a lot of your audience loves the 50% plus monsters, but mm -hmm. you go to your general public and you'll melt their heads off with that. 
yeah, 60% rum. But we, we did end up in an interesting place with, uh, you know, the initial sample, I think we we got it was uh, 43. And Eric, one right. of the decisions I remember you you specifically talking about with uh, Karsten and Niels while we were on the call together discussing was we wanted to bump this up some. So you bumped it up to uh, 46 and, and that's where we're at, right? Absolutely. Yeah, 43, it was wonderful, but it just is more wonderful at 46. <laughs> So, Eric, when we got this, we got actually Karsten and Niels, they sent us four samples, right? And so these were blind. We didn't even know anything about these, which I I think that I don't know if that's standard for for Shear and if that's how they always do it or if they actually will label things. But it probably I I guess has something to do with what you ask for. Like if you go to them Mm -hmm. saying like, hey, I really want to release, you know, a Barbados Jamaica blend, then, you know, you're you're going to know what you get. But um, to give people some context, like I think I haven't re-listened to the episode, but as I recall it. Out, what we were kind of going for, John, with our pretend uh, rum blend that we wanted to release, we wanted it to be from a location that was not as red- readily available right. in the United States, so a little bit unfamiliar. So we were thinking, and I think we threw out, you know, kind of Southeast Asia, Australia, Fiji, you know, places mm-hmm. that, you know, hardcore rum fans know have rum. But that other people might be like, huh, I, you know, didn't associate rum with that. So we were looking outside the the Caribbean, outside Latin America. And but that's like all we told them. Well, that's not Um, true. The other thing that made it challenging for them and really unique for us is that you said you wanted the blend to come from a single location. Right. That's right. So not a Barbados Fiji blend, but all of the rums in the blend had to come from a single country. Right. Because that, that was the idea was, along with what Will was saying about it being an exotic location, that it was fully from that exotic location, which we, we thought was an interesting thing, but could still be, like we were saying, a blend, it, it, but it just, it represents that area or specific country or, or what have you. But what was interesting was we got these four samples and we, we tasted through these samples. And I'll be honest in saying for me, to me, there was an instant liking to the Fiji, which we didn't know was Fiji at the time, but it really uh, stuck out. The other samples were all very good. I mean, I don't think they do bad rum, to be yeah. blunt, but there was definitely something that I gravitated towards with the, the Fiji and, and Eric and Will, I think you all felt the same. So, you know, when you, when you have three people that all kind of go, boom, this is it. That's the I one. Think that helps, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they were kind of like, two, as you said, John, I think all of them had something worth appreciating, mm-hmm. but there were two that stood out as like, these are really good and something that we feel like would like appeal to. I don't, I don't like saying easier to sell sounds like bad, but they, they just seemed like a I, wider I could, audience. I could, yeah, I could see the audience yeah. for two of them. And they were also the two that we thought were the best. But Eric, I'm interested in, in hearing back to like your recollection of yeah. tasting through those samples and what jumped out to you during the process about the Fiji or about the, the other ones, which right. will reveal where they were from uh, at some point. Well, I remember tasting them all blind and seeing if we could guess which countries they came from. And that was fun too. We got one out of four. <laughs> we really failed. All three of us failed pretty miserably. That uh, shows how how um, revealing blind tasting can be, or yeah. how how much it can remind you of humbling. Of, uh, yeah, it's humbling. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. But it was really clear to us that number four was the one that we all gravitated towards. Number three was also really. It was yeah. a, it was a special rum, but four was the one that we thought was an all around home run. 
And I guess to reveal where, where they were from, John, the, the first two blends were both Australia, yes. uh, just different in, in the components that made them up. Mm-hmm. The third was Thailand, and the fourth was, of course, Fiji. Um, and I think the Thailand one was maybe the most surprising to me, just because it had the most, what I would describe as like familiar aged rum flavor profile. Like it Uh, tasted to me like it could have come from the Caribbean, um, which the Fiji did as well. The the Fiji was like really reminded me of Jamaica, but in in a a slightly, you know, different, unique way. But I, I just remember when I found out that three was from Thailand, I was like, did not expect that at all. <laughs> it like, completely surprised me. And, and the Fiji, I, that's funny, Will, that you, I remember you mentioning that, but I didn't get that as much, which it's so interesting that people can have different takes on a blind taste. And Eric, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I didn't nail it as Fiji, I don't think, but uh, it was like, gosh, this is such a... The one thing you'll see about this uh, rum is it's this very light straw color because it's young in aging, right? And, and Eric, remind me, is it two or three years... Uh, it's a blend of unaged pot still and two-year column. There we go. And, and so it does have this very light color to it, and you really can get a lot of the freshness out of it uh, because of that. And and that's what led me to it. And it's got this buttery kind of thing going on in the nose that I, I remember I've only shared this with a couple of people that I had a small sample of. And the, the consistent feedback was, oh, my God, that nose fills the glass. I mean, so much of that comes from the unaged pot still. It's it's really you get that grassy herbal tropical Pacific yeah. fruits and then just balanced out with some aged column rum um, to sort of tie it all together and so I guess that vindicates Will a little bit because that sounds like a Jamaican to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it, it's just got that like when 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 you're drinking younger rums that have that kind of I, I, I always like almost try to find ways to not use the word funky just because I feel like it's so overused and it's so like everyone has their own interpretation of what that means but it's got that kind of like explosive fruity punch to it but this one it's just it's it's as you said it's a little bit like there's a little bit of that age drum in there so um it's really balanced it's just it's 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 a delight to kind of sit back and just sip on um i think it was it was ian burrell who what what were the two ways he described a drinking rum there's rums that you doctor and rums that you nurse (laughs) um this is one that you can you can doctor, uh, I think. But at the same time, it's got complexity. It's I'm I'm so excited for you know I'm tired of telling people what I think about it, and I'm right. so ready like to get this out in the world and, and hear what people think about it. Yeah, the funny thing with it, uh, Eric, was we thought the exercise was over at that point, right? We, we were kind of <laughs> like, true. you know, yeah. okay, well, we got to try this all, and you know, we 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 all kind of agreed, yeah, we like the Fiji, you know, and that and that was kind of the end of the conversation. And then at some point, Eric, and I'll let you talk about it more but you came back to us and we're like hey guys how about that fiji <laughs> we're gonna do it and i like i remember feeling like like my you know mind blown people are gonna get to experience this and the excitement that came from that so eric what led you to the decision from like okay this is good to let's do it a lot of that came with our increased distribution as we've had a little bit of success we've extended expanded to now six states and I, it seemed much more daunting to move a thousand liter tote of rum when we were just in New York. But now that we're available in Florida and California and Colorado, Arizona, Oregon, you know, it seemed it seemed possible. And as people started 
buying a lot more online during the pandemic also mm. it seemed like we didn't need to find 500 stores to carry this and the rumcast listenership was growing as well so i i didn't think i would be stuck holding a thousand <laughs> bottles of fiji rum uh, that combined with the fact that it's really really good <laughs> yeah right I, yeah well it makes sense that you would be thinking from a business perspective obviously there and, and yeah, i wasn't sure thinking that- of it as a business move but at the same time you have to cover your butt to make sure you don't exactly. lose tens of thousands of dollars. And, and I think, you know, something that was interesting, like, I, I feel like John and I almost kind of got to be sort of flies on the wall of the process of bringing something to market because we were involved with the planning. But, um, you know, for, for everyone listening, their awareness, like John yeah. and I aren't financially involved yeah. in this. We, we didn't invest in it. We're not making money from the sale of this rum. Uh, so, you know, we weren't going to dictate the the decisions that were, you know, going to impact the Homeski brand. These were decisions that you had to make in terms of like, this is a different style of rum than what we've done. So, you know, this needs to be a different bottle. Like maybe the name needs to be different. Um, I, I'd love for you to kind of give people uh, a window into that process for you of, of like, what kind of decisions did you have to make and how did you end up where you have with this being sort of an, a new extension of, of, of the brand as opposed to like a completely separate brand, for example? Oh, that's a great question. And we touched on it earlier in that we really wanted to live in the same world, but a different planet in that mm-hmm. same solar system, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take it like bigger that. than a world, yeah, a, a different reference. planet. Yeah. Uh, so it's still revolved around the same world of rum and sun, but the easiest way to distinguish that right off the bat would be a different bottle. Mm-hmm. So we went with a taller version of our, our bottle. And then we went with a different label as well. To us, the single cask rums is its own line. It's got mm-hmm. its really traditional label, taking its cues from Scotch whiskey and you know, more historical labels. But for this, it's a lower price point. It's it's not as stuffy. Not that any rum is stuffy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we had a little more fun with the label. We added some color. We added some nice, uh, a nice sugar cane sugar illustration cane, yeah. in the background, um, which is very colorful in real life. You know, it's not just green cane. It comes in all hues and it's, it's beautiful sugar cane. And then the name, you know, it's not, it's not single cask rum. And right. everything we've done to that point, our logo, everything, it's always been single cask rum, single cask rum. And I'm like, all right, we got to come up with a new name for this. And, and you guys made it much easier by making your demands be, it all has to come from the same country. So I'm like, great, single origin. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, if it and, was a blend and, of three countries, we would have been screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know if we clarified earlier, John, exactly like single origin blend, the, the possibilities of what that can mean. because. Right. While Eric just pointed out it means all from the same country, it doesn't always necessarily mean all the rum is from the same distillery. distillery exactly. Um, in the case of Fiji, however, uh, this is all from the same distillery because uh, for now, to my understanding, South Pacific is the only distillery it is. on Fiji. That that part of it w- was cool to me that we were able to do it in a way where, uh, you know, all from the same country is cool. If, if from all, Like any kind of blend of rum can be cool, right? But it, it, it was appealing to me to be able to do uh, a blend all from the same country and all from the same distillery just so you kind of have that, that one place's signature. Right. So just to be clear, single origin in this case means from both, but 
your single origin blend moving forward if eric well let me ask this question let me Mm -hmm. start here is this the start of a new line for you or is this its own thing it could be you know we designed designed the label as an orphan not knowing if we do any others okay okay Um, I can tell you we have nothing lined up in the pipeline yet for another okay. single origin. So this could be the start of something bigger, but it depends on how it does, right? Exactly. It, I get that. Yeah. If it takes us two years to sell it all, then it'll be at least two years before we come out with the next one. <laughs> it could yeah. end up being a collector's item if it's the only one. So, right. I mean, you know, run out there and, and get a bottle while you can, everyone. <laughs> but I, I think there's plenty of countries that I would like to do single origin blends from. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and that was actually part of uh, what uh, is interesting to me is when we talked about the exercise of bringing something in uh, to the United States that was uh, different, it's not that only that Fiji is tough. There's some Fiji releases out there, we know, but this is a specific Fiji that I don't think is really available on the market because of its young uh, nature, because of its specific profile. To me, I get... I've had a few Fiji rums. Actually, Eric, one of my very favorites is the Fiji Homes Key, that single cask that that you have, which I I don't know if that's run out now or if there's still more of that. There's more on the way. Okay. So there you go. It'll be a year older. Oh, nice. So that would be how many many years would that be age? 17-year Fiji rum. Okay. Well, that that is an amazing rum, but it's it it although you can it's in the same family or to use your solar system reference, right. there there is definitely a relationship. But this Fiji is far different in the sense that you get a lot more of the cane to me, and you get a lot more of the terroir because when it's less aged, you're you're not getting as much barrel influence, right? It's, so it's it, it's that that led me to say that this is distinct in the market. So that's the way I feel about it, Eric. I don't know if you feel the same, but that's the appeal. One hundred percent. The uh, the two thousand and four Fiji, uh, you know, fifteen years in the tropics and heavy, you know, barrel influence, and it was a hundred percent pot still as well. Right. So you get that combination of the tropical aging and the pot still for that long, and you get this explosiveness of mm-hmm. various influences and flavors. This has just enough wood on it to take the edges off mm-hmm. in the column, but it really is not. Not one for the termites. Um, yeah, for sure. But that's okay. I mean, that's no, great. I, yeah, I love the difference that I can have both. You know, yeah, that, that's that's what's awesome. And and that this was to me, I have not been able to experience anything like this in the market. <laughs> so mission accomplished yeah, is what and, I would say. <laughs> and there there is another company who we won't mention by name, but they also put out Fiji rum in the United States. Yeah, they have a younger one and they have an older one. Mm-hmm. And they're very different. You can say, oh, here's one young Fiji, and the two rums next together are night and day different still they're both young fiji rums and both the old fiji rums are 100 percent. it's a testament to south pacific distilleries um yeah Yeah. the quality of rum they make that was one of the exciting things to me about this was like there are rums from fiji available in the united states uh particularly the younger one that you referenced is very easy to get for lots of people but this one is just, it, it's, it's completely different. Uh, it's distinctive, it's unique, even though it's from the same place. And like, that's really part of going back to the original exercise we did with mm-hmm. Shear was like what we wanted to be able to do was like give people something they haven't experienced from a place they're less familiar with. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's, this release accomplishes that. Um, I know there are some other, you know, things we've discussed, John, that, that we think are cool about it. You referenced the, the color of it, yeah. uh, and, and the age, that's something we talk about all the time that yeah. like, 
quality of rum is not about color or age or, age. or anything yeah. like that. It's about the different experiences that different types of rums give you. So that's something to me that's really exciting about it. And, and part of why I am so looking forward to hearing how the market reacts and a little bit nervous too, even though, like I said, <laughs> like, um, you know, John, John and I don't have anything, you know, at stake necessarily uh, other than like we, you know, helped pick this. And so naturally we want people to enjoy it, but I've never been in the position of being associated associated with a release of some type and like wondering what people are going to say about it. So <laughs> that's a new feeling for me. It's fun. And you touched upon something great where age does not equate to quality. Um, really age equates to price mm. only because it costs more right. to, to keep rum that long and to lose so much of it to the angels. Right. Um, it, it just costs a lot more to have a 15 year old rum than a three year old rum or a two year old rum. Uh, and they have very different taste profiles as well. But the reason a two year old rum doesn't cost $150 is because it doesn't cost us that much to make. Yeah. And another thing that is really nice about this, this is a kind of a, a no brainer for people that know Holmes Key is there's no additives to this. So that's a big point is that this is exactly the rum that you're getting is from exactly what is intended from the distiller. And there's nothing that has been altered to it, which, Eric, I know that's your philosophy. And yeah. so you're keeping that. But was there any kind of decision point there of like, OK, well, we're obviously never going to add anything, but we like this on its own and, and we want people to... Uh, experience this in a way that we know that other people have experienced maybe Fiji's with something different on them. But how is the experience of saying, you know, how does this fit in with that no additives line, knowing that this is a younger rum? Well, our original plan was to ship it over to Europe and age it in French and then add some dosage to it uh, and release it. (laughs) No, no. Uh, this isn't completely unaltered. Um, and this doesn't really count as an additive, but we did add water to it. Okay. Right. That's important. Yeah. It is important. It yeah. shipped over here at, I think, 70% alcohol or s- between 68 and 76%. It, w- it was, okay. you know, way up. One yeah. comes out of the barrel in the 70s, I believe. Right. 43 was a little weak and 46, but the source of water is also important. Yeah, and the the process of how you add the water is right. important as well. Um, was this was this your first time doing that? By the way, no, we proofed down a little bit the Port Cask Barbados okay. to taste. So okay, but this would have been the first time kind of doing it at this scale and adding first time as, bringing as much it way water down as you did. 30, yeah. 30 points. Uh, so what, what was that like doing it for the first time? I, I'm sure there's some uh, you know a learning experience from that. How did that? Yeah, go? I got a great advice from that from the esteemed Maggie Campbell. Oh, uh, very cool. That's awesome. Who you know? I said we're going to proof this down thirty points. How do I not screw it up? Um, she said very carefully Um, (laughs) and you don't just add water you don't just calculate the numbers and say okay i need you know 10 gallons of water to 15 gallons of this to bring it down to the proof we want dump it it in it's you do that you (laughs) blow apart all the stuff that's good about it Hmm. if you violently hit the alcohol you'll break apart the ester chains and all that wonderful stuff Um, so it's a slow process Generally, half half as much every time and let it sit for a few days. Oh, interesting. And obviously have these industrial mixers and stirrers, which you also don't really want to do. Um, so you paddle stir it. You know, you oh, go in wow. by hand and you 
So you you did that, Eric? You passed no, the whole thing? No, I did not. My, the, the people, <laughs> the wonderful people up at Five and Twenty Spirits, where we okay. bottle, um, were the ones that were hand paddling it and proofing it down slowly over a couple of weeks. First, we brought it down 10, 15 points, and then down five or six more, and then yeah. until we got to that forty-three. But what you get at the result is that forty-six percent to me is something that is well worthwhile for sipping, but. I don't feel bad about using it in a cocktail either. So that that's a really nice thing to have it be that pliable or malleable, to use another 50-cent word. Um, that that is, It's a rum that, especially like we talked about, the price point is something that, look, it's not the cheapest uh, rum on the market in terms of this, but it's not so expensive that I feel bad about using this any which way or sipping it. And, and I remember, Will, am I right in saying that was another thing that we wanted out of this was to kind of find that niche of something that sips but also mixes yeah and and i always feel like funny talking about stuff in those terms because it's almost like if if you went into a liquor store and tried to find a bottle of rum that says you know enjoy it neat or in a cocktail but like didn't say say that that on it it, you would have a hard (laughs) time finding someone who's like not saying hey you can enjoy this on its own or in a cocktail um but most of them are full of shit (laughs) <laughs> well, well, no, I mean, like, to, to some extent, sometimes, yes. But, like, on, on the other side of the coin, like, I uh, wholeheartedly believe that you can get enjoyment sipping lots of rums neat that many people wouldn't describe as sipping rum. So, yeah. I like, and, and I don't think, you know, any of us are snobs in that regard. But at the same time, there are rums out there that I would be less inclined to sip and pretty much use exclusively in cocktails for the most part. And then there's ones on the flip side that I, you know, rarely would put in a cocktail because I would, me personally, like I, if I've paid a certain amount of money, I like don't like to put it in a cocktail or if it's, if it's just some, some rums to me are so complex or, or, or you lose so much wood influence in them that sometimes I just think they're bad in cocktails. Yeah. Um, Like I talked about making a Mai Tai with Appleton 21 a few episodes back and like I didn't think it was good at all but anyway I I really do think that this one sits in that sweet spot for me for me personally my own tendencies of like I I really would use this either way and be able to feel good about it um I want to ask Eric have you mixed yet with this at all because we haven't had enough to do that yet I've only that's true yeah what have you done with that so far Two things I've done with it, which are my standard go-tos to see how it goes, is just a classic daiquiri and just mix it with some seltzer and a a wedge of lime. Do you have go-to daiquiri specs, Eric, or do you mix it up? I generally just go with the standard. I mean, my classic is a 4.2 to 1.25 ratio. Four parts rum, two parts lime juice, and 1.25 of simple syrup. Go yes. a little, little more than the four two to one ratio, um, and shaken, and but really just some club soda is ranch water, but with rum instead of. I, I love that you brought that yeah. up. I've talked about doing ranch waters uh, with, rum. with rum on this podcast, and before. that's the way yeah. I've been drinking a lot. You know, it's it's great. It's great. It really yeah. is wonderful. Um, yeah, this, I, I do I do that a lot with uh, Urupan Charanda, oh, uh, which you know yeah. it's it's from Mexico, so that's where I made the connection of because ranch water is usually done with tequila or or mezcal, right? And it's it's basically like a rum tonic, basically. Um, but this rum. All of my previous releases have said best enjoyed neat with a you know a splash of water. Right. The instructions on the back of this bottle say enjoy it neat on the rocks or in your favorite cocktail. So there you go. It's much more all purpose. And one of your 
one of your other uh, requirements for Sears, we mentioned, was it needed to be relatively affordable. Right. Yeah. You know, I think you wanted it under fifty dollars, which That's what we said, which we're doing. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think we we part of the reason we you know I think some people would say why would you do a fantasy rum blending exercise where you put a price constraint on yourself? But like I think John and I wanted that challenge of like right. trying to put ourselves in the shoes of an actual customer to see what that would be like and what sort of choices you have to make and, and what sort of ages you get in return. I, I think all of the samples that we received were. Uh, I think the oldest rum in any of the blends was five years, uh, if I recall yeah. correctly. So, mm-hmm. and that um, is an important—that really is an important constraint. When yeah, because when these guys have hundreds of rums from all over the world and all different ages. They can put together a really nice old navy blend mm-hmm. that's going to cost you a hundred dollars a bottle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I mean, even when we talk to distilleries on here who are releasing their own brands, it's the, the same exercise that they have to go through. And, yeah. you know, and and that those decisions go back into like the the actual, you know, how you think about what you're producing and what you decide to produce. So there's like there's this intersection of art and science and business and economics that goes into all this stuff to, to arrive at what you ultimately end up enjoying in the glass. And so um, it was cool to, in some small way, get a little window into what those decisions are like. It is a part of it. And sometimes the economics surprise the distillers as well. Hmm. Um, what do you mean? Well, for example, Travelers Distillers, when I first mm-hmm. told them that I wanted to put out a cast strength you know, rum, doing nothing to it, putting it out at a really high ABV and charging a commensurate cost. They're like, that doesn't make sense. People won't drink it. They won't buy it. it, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. now they're going to be doing it themselves. So, which is great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, On our our last episode, they they mentioned that they're releasing a 15 year uh, barrel proof rum. Uh, so similar to the style of what you released. And and uh, yeah, like you said, I think that's awesome. Like I, it makes me really happy that, you know, I, I'm, I don't know for certain how much them seeing, you know, how your release performed informed that decision, but I would have to guess it impacted it somewhat. At least um, perception, right? Yeah. Of like, yeah. this is a thing, if nothing else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I wanted to do with it. When I first tasted the rum right out of the barrel down in the warehouse, I'm like, this needs to be brought to the world. Yes. I may have been the one to first bring it out, but now, you know, that was sort of so they could then do it, you know, let them know that they have something that's spectacular and that's not just a a 36% three-year rum. They have amazing rum. Right. It's interesting. I I remember one thing that really stood out to me when we interviewed uh, Margaret Montplaisy and Denny Mm. Duplaisy from St. Lucia Distillers was they, they, Margaret specifically mentioned the word confidence a lot of, a a lot in, in terms of uh, as they've put out rums that are, you know, um, more expensive, uh, older, higher proof and, Mm -hmm. and like how, how much confidence plays a role in being able to put those out there. And I think it's so easy for us as consumers to over, look that mm-hmm. uh, especially as like hardcore rum fans because that stuff is obviously also delicious to us but um you don't think about you know how much has to go into putting something like that out and in getting to a place where, where you feel like you can you know is a big deal for a lot of these places so um, and that affects every you know it's not just the small guys richard seals first exceptional cast series were at 40 percent because yeah. he didn't think people would want the high, yeah. you know Mm-hmm. He didn't think the market was there. He wasn't confident that he'd be able to 
put that out. And yeah. now, 15 ECSs later, it's whatever he thinks. <laughs> he tells you what rum you should be drinking. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, I, I, it's nice to think that I think you uh, are able, Eric, to guide a little bit of where the rum market has gone. Your your small piece of the puzzle. We're talking more about rum, and as you talk more about rum, and Eric, as you visit more places and discover more amazing rum that perhaps in the past wasn't looked at as something the market was looking at, I do feel like we get a chance to bring some of these things to the world like you said, and talk about them uh, that weren't previously done. So uh, I think uh, that that's a thanks to you for, for all of that. And especially for me as a rum drinker, uh, and, and Will, I think, would agree, is we appreciate that very much um, and bringing those things to the U.S. And, and even, I, am I right, Eric? Did I see something recently that there's home ski in Europe now? No, we're not yet in Europe. Oh, we're, we're working I could have sworn it. I saw that. Uh, we're in Aruba and we're in Nevis. Uh, okay. We're not yet. And the reason we're not yet in Europe uh, predominantly is because we still haven't had the volume to bottle in 700 CL bottles yet. Right, uh, right, we can't right. sell 750. And yeah. uh, so that's been the biggest stumbling blocks for Europeans selling their bottlings in the U.S. and American right. producers selling in Europe. Uh, they just changed the law a couple of months ago, allowing 700. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's really switched over to the 700 yet for the U.S. We may I'm try that. i to see what happens with that. Yeah. We may try that with a single barrel edition so we could sell some of it over to Europe. Um, mm-hmm. But no, we're not yet available. Okay. And that's predominantly due to the bottle size too, just the logistics of getting it over there. So Europeans, you got to come to the U.S. to get this good stuff. For now, it's like the almost the the only time you right? say that to rum fans. Oh, that's what, I'm, I'm taking full advantage of it because usually you're right; it's not that way. But yeah, thanks, I know. Thank you. I know yes. Hamilton is hard for them to get over there, but yeah. that's a, again one of the few companies like like Eric that is based in the U.S. and uh, you know bringing rum in uh, that way. So before we go, I want to make sure: did we cover where all people will be able to get this Fiji rum? Uh, no, we haven't, uh, but it will be available in New York. California, Florida, Oregon, Arizona, and Colorado. Nice. And also online through various places, you can get it in about 42, 43 states. So if it's not any of those, you can get on our website um, and go to the Find HC page. And first thing on there is the list of about 10 or 15 online retailers that can legally ship to 40 or so states. I would also say, like, if you're if you're looking for it and you're having trouble, send us a message on social media. We'll we'll try to enlist everyone we know out there to see if they've heard about it being in any stores near you or anything like that. Because uh, I know John and I are really excited about hopefully getting as as many people as possible to experience this, and uh, so so you know we can talk about it with more people and hear what they think about it and everything. So, And I'm going to repeat something that other people have said, and it really, really, really is true. The way to find it is to go into your liquor store and ask for it. Yes. It mm-hmm. really works. Yes. Uh, we've gotten calls from stores saying, hey, people are coming in asking for this. Can we get some? And that has prompted us to add whole states even to mm. our distribution plans. So just because we're not currently in Wyoming, if you love it and you're in Wyoming, ask your liquor stores and they'll speak to their distributors. And it's a chain. And that doesn't go for just us, but any rum you like. That's that's 100 percent. Really, if you like a rum and you want it, nobody's going to know about it until you ask your liquor store. 
and that comes in numbers too, right? If if it's kind of like if you're the only one doing it, okay. But if you've got one or two or three or five people now in your area starting to do that, you start to get that momentum. But it requires all of us to do that. And also helps having a relationship with your liquor store. Hmm. They can really sniff out if people are being paid to go in and ask for a brand just so they can carry it. If <laughs> <laughs> somebody they've never heard before walks in. Surely nobody does that, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well. Before we go, I know we've we've discussed the Fiji. You 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 mentioned uh, you know some other homes key stuff that's on the horizon. Anything mm-hmm. else you want to share about that, or or anything else we didn't get to before we wrap up? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some really special stuff coming, which we're not quite ready to talk about yet. Uh, but uh-huh. uh, hopefully by the fall, we'll uh, be able to announce all of the uh, the new things coming in store. Um, but. Definitely over the summer is the South African Moba rum, which is aged four years in South African whiskey casks. It's, it's really excited about that one. Uh, yeah. We have some more Barbados port cask currently maturing in New York, so that should be ready in the fall. And 2022, we're going to have some new Jamaican rums, which Ooh. are aging in Jamaica. So that will be bottled down there, 100% oh, cool. tropically aged. Uh, more Belize for 2022. And... Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the 17-year-old Fiji will be out this summer as well. Um, no shortage of things to be excited about. And then two two real special things that we'll be able to talk about uh, in a few months. I, I like that that after everything you just said, which all sounded special, there's two two even more special things that yeah. can't be mentioned yet. <laughs> I'm really, really, you know, I'm excited about everything, but the other two I'm even more excited about than anything we've probably done since the uh, the original Barbados rums. Oh, man. Well, thank you, Eric. Again, uh, I think, you know, we said it a few times, but thank you for for bringing great rum to the United States. And thank you also for coming on the program with us and uh, for being so forthcoming about how we got to to this Fiji special release, which we really are, are excited about. And we're, as Will mentioned, we're excited to have people experience what the three of us were able to experience and get so much out of. So, Thanks so much again, and we look forward to hopefully uh, talking more with you in the future about those special things. As do I. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, Like I said, the only thing I like better than talking about rum is actually drinking rum. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we would have done that if it weren't. uh, It's it's 10 a.m. right now here in in Nashville, so I think it's 11 for you guys, but... Um, yeah, I will be, uh, I will hopefully be in Nashville sometime in the next uh, month or so. So I will definitely let let me know now that the world is opening and we are all fully vaccinated. That's right. If you're not, then get your shots, people. That's right. So we can go to rum festivals and all this stuff. Uh, That would be great. Uh, Miami Rum Congress is coming back, by the way. So hopefully we'll see you for that. This is New York in August. Yes. Yep. A hundred percent. Lots of good stuff. All right. Well, thanks again, Eric. Take care. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rumcast. Very special episode of the Rumcast. As we've said a million times already, we're super excited that this rum is out there in the wild now. Again, if you want to find out where you can get it, go to the Holmes Key website, H-O-L-M-E-S-C-A-Y.com. There is a tab at the top that says Find HC. 
just go to that page. There's a list of online retailers. There's uh, a map with different markets that the brand is available in. And again, if it's not in your area yet, don't forget to go to your favorite liquor store, talk to the person you know there. It's always good to have like a person at the liquor store, you know? Uh, let them know, you know, that you would love for them to carry this rum. That's the best way to, to you know, spread the word and get it out there. And uh, also, if you do get uh, your hands on a bottle, we would love to know what you think about it, how you're using it, that sort of thing. So yes. take a picture, tag us on social media, tag Holmes Key on social media. John, where can they find us on social media? Well, we are at, at the Rumcast on Facebook and Instagram, and you can uh, find us and tag us there. And like Will said, show us uh, your bottle, show us your best drinks that you're working with and you're making and, and put your, your skills to good use here and figure out how do we use this besides neat. You know, I love neat, yeah. uh, which this works really well neat, but there's some really, really good drinks we think that this can be made with and, and far better skills out there than, than mine, for sure. <laughs> I don't want to speak for you, Will. You seem like you do a pretty good job, but uh, I know there's a lot of talented folks out there so we want to see it so show us those and tag us on social media and let us know how you're enjoying this bottle yeah we're really looking forward to hearing about it so uh yeah let us know and also again to go back to if you're having trouble finding it don't hesitate to reach out to us and you know we'll we'll put our i was going to say put our thinking caps on but what is this for, you know first grade uh we're beyond thinking our caps at this point skills yeah i don't Wait. know we, we will help you hunt hunt it down in your market send us an email at host at rumcast.com that's h-o-s-t host at rumcast.com or you know dm us on any of the those social media channels that John mentioned earlier, we'll do our best to figure out where you can get your hands on a bottle of it. But with all that said, we will be back again soon uh, with another episode. And John, can't wait to talk to you again then. See you next time, Will. And thanks for listening, everyone. 